It's time to have lunch and talk sports. It's the Midday Sports Zone on Sports Radio 93.1. Happy Tuesday and welcome into the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and Daniel Shirley with you. Two hours of sports talk. Josh Kendall of The Athletic will join us at 1230. We'll talk a little Falcons slash NFL combine with him. A lot of NFL talk on the rundown today. A little NBA as well. And I'm sure we will go off the rails and or get into college football at some point. Those are the things we tend to do. Happy Lamar Jackson Day, by the way. That's right. Today's the day, right? Today's the day. The Ravens have until 4 o'clock to franchise their quarterback. And look, I think as Falcons fans, for those of us out there that love the Falcons, it's something you need to pay attention to uh, because – if he is on the market or at the very least able to talk to other teams, I think the Falcons are going to be in the mix. We've talked about whether or not that's a good or a bad thing. Uh, but I think whether you like it or not, it's going to be a, th- a thing thing. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about that. So, and, and there's two different types of tags. And I forget the, the, the one. I think one's the, an exclusive tag. And uh, if you do that, it's – I think it's $42 million, and that's that. He's their quarterback next year. And then if you tag him again, it goes up from there. Uh, but then there's another one where any team with two first-round picks – all right, let me say that uh, the right way. With a first-round pick in 23 and 24, so that would be everybody except Miami and New Orleans uh, would be able to talk to them. If they matched the – I think it's $35 million for the second or the lower tier – tag uh so you'd match 35 million and give up your first round picks for the next two years and lamar jackson's all yours so they have until four o'clock to make that decision um they're gonna tag him right i mean i it feels like they're gonna tag him yeah you know i, I was uh, mike florio was on with dan patrick this morning and, and it's really with these quarterbacks sometimes or at least with their agents are they thinking and because like with the Daniel Jones situation, he laid this out. With Daniel Jones, if you give him the secondary tag, I'll just call it that for now. <laughs> you can look up the 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 real name for it. It's like thirty five million dollars, and it goes up like I think it was like twenty two percent or something like that. Um, and then the last one, it goes all the way up to fifty five million dollars. But basically, the way the math works out, you know, if he wants forty five million dollars per. But if they were to tag him three straight years, which would pay him $54 million in the third year, over that three-year span, it's going to be less than $45 million a year. So why are you asking for $45 million a year when they don't have to give it to you for the next three years? Right. Are you just trying to use leverage? Are you trying to force their hand? Does I, he have leverage? I don't think he does. Yeah. I don't think anybody who has the tag that the team could use, the player never has the leverage. Because what are you going to do? You gonna sit out? Okay, sit that's out. your only option. Yeah, is to not play, and that's not gonna. That's not good. That doesn't start the clock. Especially if you sit out, the clock stops. All right, especially for Daniel Jones. Yeah, because I think I, I mean I need to see that one more time. You know, right? We've seen it once. Is it a is it a is it a thing, or is it like you just said a thing thing? I mean, is it is that really who he is, or is that who he was in twenty twenty two? Yeah, exactly. So. Look, and, and as far as the Falcons are concerned, um, I mean, if if they got Lamar Jackson to come play in Arthur Smith's offense, it's I mean, they're going to be relevant. They're going to be entertaining. They're going to be the favorites in the NFC South. 
Um, there, there will be somebody to pick them to go to the Super Bowl because that's, you know, what people do. Um, you know, I, I, I like the idea of continuing to build uh, and, and just kind of complement what you've done off these first two drafts with some really smart free agent signings. Um, you know, you don't have to be splashy unless it's the right guy. Like an Orlando Brown would be splashy, but I think at 26 years old, that's the type of player you're looking to sign in free agency. Um, but at the same time, if, if they were to trade for Lamar Jackson and he's their quarterback, I, it's not like I would be upset by that. They're going to be good. They're going to be relevant. They're going to be entertaining. They're going to be fun to watch. They're going to be a lot of things they haven't been for a long time. Yeah. I, I like what the Falcons have done. It's hard to say if we could get Lam- if you can get Lamar Jackson, you don't do it, but you have to, all that stuff about the salary cap. And being able to build the roster, I mean, if you're paying a quarterback $45 million a year, that goes out the window. Yeah, it does. Now, the other little bit of Falcons news that's out there this morning that came out about an hour ago, hour and a half ago, Lorenzo Carter is coming back. Um, He's expected to sign a two-year contract. Uh, That's according to uh, ESPN's Michael Rothstein. What do we read into that? Or is there anything to read into that? I I think it's just a guy they like on probably a cheap deal. Man, a good year. Solid. I'll say solid. Mm-hmm. He wasn't great. He wasn't anything that kind of blew your mind. But I thought he was solid. And solid's okay. I mean, you need solid. Yeah. And and you need depth guys. I think he's more of a depth guy, I think, than a starter. If you if you build if you can continue to build the roster the way you want to. But, I mean, my goodness, look at Philadelphia. Look how many how many defensive linemen did they have. Yeah. Seven or eight. Yeah. You probably need that. Yeah. I think it's okay. I wouldn't read too much into it. Let's yeah. just say that. Well, I guess it, it definitely takes them out of the Leonard Floyd slash Bud Dupree sweepstakes. Can we can we at least say that much? Probably. Yeah. I but would you could so. still – I mean, you could still draft that position, right? I mean, it's not like – I mean, I, I – I don't know for seeing teams if they're going to try to get a bunch of guys like a bunch of Lorenzo Carters on cheaper deals and supplement them with the draft and play a bunch of guys like you see at the collegiate level. Maybe I I don't I don't know if we're seeing kind of a a new trend or a new fad, but I just I don't think bringing Lorenzo Carter number one I don't think it's a bad thing. Right. Uh, he was probably their most productive player in terms of pass rush last year, which you know for that team isn't saying much, but I think that had more to do with the players around Lorenzo Carter than Lorenzo Carter. Um, but I also don't think it. If if there's a guy in edge there in the draft that you like, I don't think it stops you from bringing that guy in. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I mean, I look. I think this is just a a, a good, solid player, and like you said, he's in the mix. But it doesn't stop you from. I wouldn't think bringing somebody else in. Yeah. I mean, so, they've got a lot of money, and they've got a lot of moves to make. All right. Well, and and it's funny too the that you say that with the with it being Lamar Jackson Day because that changes things. Well, that does. You right. Know, and, and and I mean and they know right now which direction they want to go. We don't. Yeah. You know, they Terry Fontenot could be sitting in his office hearing a conversation like this and just laughing and like, guys, he's even if he hits the market, we're not interested. You know, we, we don't we don't know the answer to that question, but it does drastically change uh, what you're going to be able to do with your free agency money if you were to go get a Lamar Jackson? Because again, you're going, you're talking about somebody that's going to be 
40 to $45 million and chew up a significant amount of cap space. And I've said in the past, and this is why personally for me, I would not do it is because I don't think adding Lamar Jackson makes the Atlanta Falcons a Super Bowl contender. And, and that's the kind of move you make to go win a Super Bowl. This thing's not built yet. It's not ready. Um, right. Are they better than Baltimore? No. If they add him? Uh, Is their roster yeah. around him yeah. better than what Baltimore had? Yeah. You think so? If you take him out of the equation, yeah. I don't know about that. No, I don't. Well, it, well, it also depends on who Baltimore replaces him with, too. Right. I'm just saying, like, if if you say if you said Lamar Jackson's not in the mix, here's Baltimore's roster, here's Atlanta's roster. Oh, who's is better? Oh, yeah, Baltimore. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, yeah. I got you. I, I was saying Atlanta with Lamar. Yeah, Jackson. Yeah, no, no, no yeah. doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah, oh yeah, Baltimore definitely has a better roster. They're they're just the, the Falcons just aren't in a place to to right. be. To make that move yet, but at the same time, he's such a he's such a talented player. It's hard to say. Uh, I don't want Lamar Jackson. Right. I mean, I wouldn't do the move, but if they make, it's not like one of those deals where I wouldn't make that move, and then you're like, dang it, why did you do that? Like, I would totally understand why they would do that. Right. And I can't sit here and tell you I wouldn't be excited by that. Absolutely, I'd be excited by that because he's a phenomenal player, and it's not just him being a phenomenal player. It's what he might be able to do in Arthur Smith's offense that really, really gets you excited. Because it's such a – and not just him. It's such a run-first offense. This is already better – one of the better rushing offenses in the NFL. Having the presence of a quarterback that can run like that is only going to make it even more dangerous on the ground to where it would probably be the best rushing attack in the National Football League. Still have a lot of holes on defense you need to figure out. Um, but, hey, you know, you can play defense with offense. You can't play offense with defense. So, you know, grind the clock, keep, it, keep, it, uh, keep the scores around 13 to 10 and – Maybe the defense won't look so bad. <laughs> but, again, that deadline today for Lamar Jackson and, and all the franchise guys, uh, Daniel Jones is in that mix as well. But that deadline is this afternoon at 4 o'clock, and we'll keep an eye on it. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll have some more information tomorrow, and maybe we can put the Lamar Jackson talk to bed, or maybe it heats up. We'll see. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dane Brugler of The Athletic has a new mock draft out. It is the – Week after the Combine, my favorite week for mock drafts. So we'll look at that uh, and get into some more stuff as we go along here on the Midday Sports Zone. Eleven fifteen, Russ and Daniel back with you here on the Midday Sports Zone. Dane Brugler re- released Mock Draft 3.0. Love it. How come it's never like 3.2 or 3.1 yeah. or 1.2? 1.5. Yeah. What? what, what when when did they start doing this, and when is it going to stop? Why can't you just say the third mock draft? I don't know when it started, but it's never going to stop. Is it just cool? Is it people cool like start? it? And you're talking about it. All right, I know. I'm just curious. <laughs> this is Russ Brown 1.0. Uh, all right, so it's uh, juicy stuff here. Uh, first of all, he's got the Colts trading into the number one spot to take C.J. Stroud, number one overall. Yep. Uh, this move would not surprise me. C.J. Stroud's the best quarterback in this draft. And I, I'll be honest with you, I, I, like right now, the, the Levis and Richardson have a ton of potential, okay? I think Bryce Young is who he is. C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in this draft right now. And he has p- more potential too, I think, right? Doesn't he have more to show? I, I feel like he does. I mean, he's shown a lot in college, but I don't think he's a finished product. No. I, I think that's Now, fair. those other two guys you mentioned aren't as good right now so maybe that feels like they have a bigger window but i mean i think he's 
I think he's got some stuff there that he can really make some some good moves for whoever drafts him for sure. Yep. Uh, number two, he's got the Texans taking Bryce Young out of Alabama, but what he writes is very interesting. Not everyone around the league is convinced the Texans will go quarterback here. Really? And that has just, to me, as I've been reading all these mock drafts since December, seemed like such a slam dunk that Houston's going to take a quarterback at number yeah. two. Yeah, I mean, unless they really like Davis Mills. Yeah, maybe. Um but uh, that that's so that's something to keep an eye on. And look, the 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 more these quarterbacks fall, the better that is for the Falcons. Assuming the Falcons aren't in on any of these quarterbacks, they've got the Cardinals taking Will Anderson. Um, look, he's the best edge guy in the draft, uh, and and we say it all the time that this is a league about throwing the ball, protecting the guy throwing the ball, and tackling the guy throwing the ball. So you got two guys that throw the ball going one two, and the guy that tackles the guy's throwing the ball. Going third, no big surprise there. Um, they've got the Panthers then. So, all right, so Chicago trades back to four with Indianapolis. Now they've got the Carolina Panthers trading with Chicago to come up to four to take Anthony Richardson. So the projected trade would be the ninth, the 61st, and a 2024 first-round pick to Chicago for the fourth pick. And, and look, we talked a lot about Anthony Richardson yesterday. A lot of people base this, this – this draft is not based off of what they did on the field in college. I'm not saying it should be or it shouldn't be. I'm just saying it isn't. Um, and he's got a ton of potential, and that, and teams are going to fall in love with that. I, I, love, I love this pick. I love the Panthers giving up all that draft capital to come up and get Anthony Richardson because I'm not sold on the guy. Again, I understand. I get it. But I'm just not sold on the guy. I'm not sold on him either. I And, and look, it, we – we can always be wrong about these things. A, a lot of people said the same thing about Josh Allen, right? Inconsistent, inaccurate, all that stuff. It's such an individual thing. You can't base what Anthony Richardson is off of Josh Allen because you don't know the makeup. Right. Like, Josh Allen's got all the tools and the makeup, mm -hmm. right? Some guys have the makeup and not as many tools. Some guys have the tools and no makeup. So you don't know that until you get them in your in your building, mm -hmm. and maybe it fits. Maybe he fits the system. Maybe he doesn't. But boy, that's a big risk. It is. It is a big risk. I mean, the the, the potential is undeniable. You know, I, I think anybody that that knows the the smallest little most minute thing about football can look at Anthony Richardson and see the potential that's there. Right. You uh, could. I mean, if he had, if he had the stuff in if he had the makeup and we knew it. He's the lockdown number one pick. Right, right. Then there's no debating it. Right, I, but I, we don't know about that. It's it, it's a it's a gamble. It would, it would be a huge gamble for the Carolina Panthers. And one of those look, if it pays off, you're good to go. Right. If it doesn't, that's the first nail in the coffin for the front office and, and the and the head coach. And the head, and it's going to take time. You have to give him time, and you have to put him in the right situation. You have to put the right people around him. They, Russ, this time last year, people were calling Trevor Lawrence a bust because of what happened with one season under Urban Meyer. Mm -hmm. Now look at him. They they get that figured out. They get the right coach in place, and everybody's like, "Oh, okay, that's Trevor Lawrence." Mm -hmm. So you it's it's not you don't play football with one guy. You don't play football in your shorts and your t shirt, and no defensive guys on the field. It's it's about the twenty two guys on the field. And you're part of the equation. If you hit that, oh my gosh. Look at the Chiefs. 
everybody kind of was like, what are the Chiefs doing trading up to get Patrick Mahomes when they've got Alex Smith? Why would they do that? Well, they've won two Super Bowls. That's why they did it. <laughs> exactly. So if you hit on it, it's like, okay, there it is. That's mm-hmm. why. Yep. But if you don't, it's the exact opposite. Oh, that's why. Yeah. That's why you don't do that. Yep. It's that's a big time risk. Yeah. He's got uh Jalen Carter going fifth to the Seahawks here. That's the second mock draft I've seen him going fifth. You know, and again the conversation is still the same. You know, the, the there's a lot of time between now and the NFL draft. I, I so I wouldn't I, I mean if I was doing the mock draft right now, he wouldn't be in it. But I think there's gonna be more information. Um you know, if it I'll say this, if it stays where it's at right now, you know, I, I think this is a likely scenario. Uh, the Seahawks just signed Geno Smith to a three-year deal today. Doesn't mean they wouldn't go quarterback here, uh, but they don't have to go quarterback. Well, there were some people saying they were going to go get Anthony Richardson before Geno's yeah. deal came out. Well, and they could still do that. They could. They absolutely um, could. But, but, you know, with Carter, it's just, you know, there's a lot. And, and Dane Wright's here. You know, there's a lot of homework to be done now. Um he says teams understandably love the player, but now they must exhaust every resource to ensure they can trust the person. Yep. So you got to—I mean, you got to go down the Todd McShay rabbit hole. You got to go down the Jeremy Fowler rabbit hole. You got to go down the the fatal car accident rabbit hole. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of legwork to be done there. And the NFL teams will do that. Yeah, they're they, not they, going to just leave that look, chance. I, and here, look, and I'm. I'm I mean, I know this is a this is a college football versus NFL thing, but I'm going to use this as an example. You know, sometimes I think college athletics does a disservice to these players because it's a different world when you get into the NFL. Job Morant flashed a gun on an Instagram video, and he suspended. Bradley Miller carried a gun to a person who ended up using that gun to kill somebody, and he still gets to play. Right. It's a different ball game when you get to the league. They don't put up with shenanigans. They don't care. I mean, the the, the Joe Mixon stuff. Remember the stuff he oh, had yeah. in college? Well, now there's this thing that he might have – shot a, a kid in his neighborhood and the nfl's not gonna put up with that i mean can you imagine the look of that that he shot a kid now they're gonna be some stuff they give you second and third chances for mm-hmm. but it depends on how talented you are we've had that discussion sure yeah uh he's got christian gonzalez going sixth to the oregon ducks the las vegas raiders just hang in there stay put and they get will levis um and and by the way and I, I, I was not aware of this. What an ironic group to say this about. Dane Brugler writes, if this scenario plays out, it would be the first time in the Super Bowl era that four quarterbacks are drafted in the top seven picks. Wow. About and it's these four. These four. <laughs> Where there's no real consensus, consensus on anything. Right. I mean, we're not I, talking about that year that, you know, you know that Lamar – that, that – Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and that group. Mm-hmm. This is these guys. Yeah. And there's huge questions. Like, I think C.J. Stroud has the fewest questions. Yeah. Of the four. Yep. Right? You know, what's the question on Bryce Young? It's his size. And not even his height for me. I don't care about his height. Right. I care about he weighs 184 pounds. And the NFL, a guy that weighs 300 pounds and can run a 4-5 falls on you. And you weigh 185 pounds. You can't live like that. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt yeah. real bad. <laughs> You're going to be on some injury reports the next <laughs> few weeks. Uh, you know, the questions about Levis and, and, and Richardson are there as well. We know what they are. 
Um, Stroud doesn't have as many questions to me. He's got the size. He's he's done it. I think he's got what you want, but there's still questions about him, just not as big as those other guys. Yeah, well, there's Would no— you take, here's, here's my question. Who do you have more questions or fewer questions about, Levis or Richardson? Oh, That's hard, goodness. isn't it? It's hard. Because we've seen Levis play more, so we know what he is a little bit more. But you watch him throw the ball 80 yards, just flick, flicking his wrist. That's a tough question. Yeah. It, it, that really is a hard question because the, 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 the unknown for those guys is, are different. It, it, Anthony Richardson, the unknown, is playing time. Right. And experience. You know, well, how is he going to respond in different situations? We don't know the answer to those questions. With Levis, we know those, but, you know, is he better than what he showed in college? Because the, the guy at Kentucky was not impressive. Um, he had moments, but he's inconsistent. He was not accurate. Made a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. There's, it, a, there's a lot there, man. There's a lot. Isn't it funny, though? And, and, and this is just a kind of a comment on the draft. Isn't it funny how – like going back a few years and you had people saying that you can't draft Josh Allen cuz he's coming from Wyoming. Right. And he hasn't played anybody and now you got two quarterbacks out of the SEC being compared to him and the whole reason they're this high is cuz they could be the next Josh Allen. I mean, there's so much irony in that. You remember I mean remember he was he was inaccurate. He hadn't played anybody. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's what keeps going through my head. We said all of this about Josh Allen. I didn't say the Wyoming stuff. That part doesn't matter. But the but the what you're talking about the inaccuracy. Well, yeah, he's got a big arm and he can run, but he's not accurate. We said all those things about Josh Allen, and now we're saying them about Richardson and Levis. You know who else we said that about? Carson Wentz. And that's it didn't right. work for Carson Wentz. See, that just tells you there's no there's no common denominator. No, there's you not. can't you can't make a judgment off one player based off somebody else off their you know their numbers. Yeah. You just can't. And, and for me, I think when I go back to saying C.J. Stroud's the best quarterback in this draft, I think what I'm really saying is C.J. Stroud has the fewest question marks of any quarterback in this draft. I think C.J. Stroud has the, the highest floor, right? Yeah. I think we know what he can be the most of these teams. Does he have the highest ceiling? I don't think so. I think Anthony Richardson yeah. has the highest ceiling. I do too. But he's – but he's got to get picked on the right team. But he's got the lowest floor, too. Yeah, he de definitely does. And that's the thing. If he ends up in the wrong spot with a bad offensive coordinator and an impatient ownership, it's not going to work. Well, and they're going to put him in when he's not ready. Yep. And then that we've seen how that works. It, it's, that uh, doesn't work. Yeah, that, that's it's a delicate situation. He's got to end up in the right spot for it to work. And, and that's why, for me – uh, with my football team, I, I I'm I feel I'm, I'm going to take my Desmond Ritter, and we're going to keep on trucking, and, and keep building on what we're doing. I like what I saw out of him. I like his leadership. I like the way he processes things. The experience factor. He checked a lot of those boxes for me. I'm not saying he's hey we he's our franchise guy, but uh, I'm, I would take a I'm going to I'm going to pass this year right. on on drafting a quarterback if I'm the Atlanta Falcons. We'll take a break. Uh, we'll come back, talk about who Dane Brugler has the Falcons taking in this draft. We can also open up the phone lines, 478-646-ESPN, wherever you want to go in the world of sports. And we're back with more of the Midday Sports Zone right after this. Eleven thirty-two. Russ and Daniel back with you here on the Midday Sports Zone looking at Dane Brugler's mock draft 3.0. 
So we get to the eighth pick of the draft, and he's got the Falcons taking Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. Obviously, this would be a really good pickup for the Falcons. Uh, good length, good size. Uh, he plays the edge, which they need defensive linemen. Uh, and post-combine, now Tyree Wilson is a name that I've seen third. And and this is a guy that you know really – made a name for himself and obviously moved up some draft boards here. And again, the way this all plays out, if, if you're just joining us, is he had Indianapolis trading into the top spot to take C.J. Stroud and then Carolina take trading with Chicago again to come up and get Anthony Richardson, which is what's going to push a defensive player back down to the Falcons if it plays out that way. And Skronsky, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern, still on the board in this mock draft. So the Falcons with some options there. But in this scenario, for Dane Brugler, the real winner is the Chicago Bears because with the ninth pick, they get Lucas Van Ness, the de defensive lineman out of Iowa. Um, and they also would end up with five picks in the top 64 oh of this year's draft. Nine thirty-five, fifty-three, sixty-one, and sixty-four. And that's a roster that needs it too. Yes. I mean, you look at, you say what you want to about Justin Fields. How much help does he have? They need picks, and five in the top sixty-four. That would be amazing. I mean, if you're a Bears fan, you got to be going, my goodness. Yeah. Sign me up right now. Let's do it. Right. Now you got to find somebody that'll do it with you. Sure. You can't just say, hey, we're gonna trade. Give me all your picks. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like that a lot of people think there's yeah. gonna be some movement at the top of this draft. Yeah. And the other thing the scenario would do would take that trade down ability, for lack of a better term, away from the Atlanta Falcons because the the, the team that f facilitates this is the Carolina Panthers. I think in order for the Falcons to be able to trade back, Carolina needs to be stuck in that nine slot. And then you have one of those teams behind Carolina that would need a quarterback uh, wanting to jump in front and get uh, that guy with the eighth pick and then Atlanta obviously would fall back and get some more picks. Um, so Peter Skronsky ends up going to New England. Of course he does because uh, that's the perfect fit for what the Falcons need in an offensive lineman. So, of course, they won't get him. He'll either go to the Patriots or the Steelers. That's usually how this works. Uh, Paris Johnson, 11th to the Titans. Then you've got Nolan Smith, the edge out of Georgia, 12th to the Houston, Texas. And, and Nolan now, that was a guy that pre-injury we saw top 10-ish. Post-injury, mid-20s, after that combine performance, no surprise to see oh, him yeah, moving he's up. he's going to move up. Right. Yeah. Well, because there's concerns about his health. Right. But if he shows there's not any concerns about his health, the athleticism's off the chart yeah. with him. That's it. I mean, he's kind of the Anthony Richardson of the defense. He really is. And, and again, Nolan Richardson, a guy that if you're not familiar with him uh, and his play – Thank you. Nolan, Nolan Richardson, Richardson coached the Arkansas 40, Razorbacks. 40 minutes of hell. <laughs> God. Nolan Smith, there you go. on the other hand, uh, if you're familiar with his play at the University of Georgia, you know all about him. If you're if you're not and you just look at his college stats, you're going to be like, huh? But he wasn't asked to rush the passer it's at Georgia. It's not about college stats, right? Yeah. I think we've got to beat that into people's heads. I Look, I do it too, right? Oh, we're all you guilty say, of you it. You say yeah. Anthony Richardson hasn't played in college. Why would you draft him first? And then you see what he did at the Combine, and he's what can we make him? It's a lot easier to make him something than it is – a guy who's 5'10 and weighs 184 pounds. So, I mean, that's why. Is it right? I'm not saying it's right. I'm I'm telling you why mm -hmm. something is. Um, are, are you surprised Gronsky's is, is – you know, I can't. I hate to say dropping because nobody knows 
no. where he is on anybody's board. But I, that first tackle usually goes higher than 10th. I think with uh, – yeah, th- yes, you're correct. But I think this year, because of the four quarterbacks, um, and, and like with the Falcons being a team at eight, what's a bigger need, pass rush or, or tackle? They've got Jake Matthews. They may or may not have Caleb McGarry. They, they, there's not an answer to defensive end right. for the Atlanta there Falcons. But they also, I wonder, like Dane has him listed as tackle slash guard. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they don't know if he's really a tackle. Yeah. Because don't, you don't want to take, most people don't want to take a guard in the top five. No. No, not at all. Um, and again, that goes back to the passer, the pass rusher, right. and exactly. the pass protector. Uh, 13th, Broderick Jones to the New York Jets. Boy, he's so, moved up too. Yeah, I mean, well, and another guy that had a really good performance at the combine. That's right, right. And if we say moved up, we're talking about based on previous mock drafts, mock drafts yeah. that we've seen. Right. Yeah, and, and that's I say it every year that I love really pouring over those mock drafts right there in December, and really getting a feel for it because you, you'll have the combine and then boom, it changes, and it's going to change from it's here. Change again, right? They'll have um, pro days. Yeah, they'll have, the have pro days. Pro days. Uh, guys have a, a, a lot of downtime to sit around and chat which means people are going to change their mind yep um they're going to waffle some guys have situations that have to be looked into by the nfl yep there's so a lot of stuff still to uh to uncover 14th he's got Bijan robinson going to the philadelphia eagles look i am anti take a running back in the first round but if you're going to do it be in the situation that they're in philadelphia's got their quarterback they've got their skill guys They've got their offensive linemen. They've got their. They've got everything in place. Um, they have a running back by committee. You add Bijan Robinson into that mix. Watch out. I mean, just just that is. The, the, I mean, if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, you've got to love what you're seeing well, from Howie Roseman yeah. and this team because that to me is a general manager. I mean, I'll, I'll, the ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl. But how do I do that? I want to build a roster that is capable and justifiably can draft a running back in the first round. Well, we know how hard it is to win the Super Bowl. You're not just going to go start winning a bunch of Super Bowls. You might win one. Well, even the Chiefs. Look at the Chiefs. They've won two, but look how hard it's been for them to win two. Mm -hmm. So you want to be in the mix as many times as possible. And and like you said, having a roster where you can draft a running back is a a good way to do that. (laughs) They also... During the playoffs, what did we talk? Well, we didn't, but a lot of the national folks talked about was what's their one quote-unquote weakness? They didn't have a running back. Well, they had a group of running backs. You add him to that group, that just makes that group even better. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And that's the pick. And and it's your window because eventually, if you take Bijan Robinson and he lives up to the hype, you're going to have to eventually pay your quarterback. You're going to have to pay him, and that's where it all kind of falls Apart. I mean, these are short windows. These are three or four year windows, and you just have to make smart moves to keep them open. For example, you mentioned Kansas City. Kansas City identifying like Travis Kelsey's your go to target at wide receiver, not Tyreek Hill. You can't keep both. You can you can try to spin it and say, well, one's a receiver and one's a tight end. No, no, no. There's one primary target for the quarterback. That's who you pay. You can't pay. You can't afford to pay two. You can. Yeah, you can't. I mean, and they identified the right guy and said, "Hey, Kelsey's our guy. Kelsey's our guy, not right? Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Tyreek." And and I'm not saying Tyreek Hill's not a good player, but I think it's easier to find a speed at wide receiver, and they've done it a, a bunch of different ways. McCall Hardman's in that mix, uh, but there's not a lot of Travis Kelseys out there. Well, no. And what's the bigger matchup problem? Look, that speed is unreal, 
and it's hard to guard. But you can take him out of the game. You saw the Eagles had no chance of guarding Travis Kelsey. And they tried. So you pay him. You're right. You can only really pay that 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 top top receiver top top money. Yeah. You can't do it with two. No, it's And it's, that's why he and that's why Tyreek Hill's no longer there. Yeah. No no doubt about it. We'll take a break. Uh we got one on hold. Hang in there with us. Uh we'll get to you on the other side of the break and uh continue to look at this mock draft that and more as we continue right after this. Eleven forty-five. Russ Brown, Daniel Shirley. It's kind of turned into mock draft day. Um, it's okay. Yeah, no, I love I like it. it. Love this time of year. Four seven eight six four six. ESPN is the number. Let's get to the phones now. We start with Ken and Cumming. Uh, I have to. I owe you an apology, sir. You never have to apologize to me, RB. You're good, man. All right. Ken, I, you should have heard what he He's like, man, that guy's on hold. I don't want that guy <laughs> That is not true. This is not a George oh, from wait, Jeffersonville that, situation. Oh, wait, that was what was going through my head. I'm sorry, Ken. <laughs> hey, Daniel, by the way, the pool opens second weekend in April, baby. It's here. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, yeah. So you're going to go back so, to like working like two days a week and hang them out by the pool? Actually, that'll be down to one day a week. Yeah, right. We all have our problems. When are you life. bringing us some ribs and stuff? You keep talking about you're going to make us some ribs. Uh, maybe actually, we should. I'm, go- work- I'm working on ribs right now. It's funny you guys say that. I, I'm, I'm actually working on a batch here at the house right now. We so should anyhow. go do the show from the pool is what we That's should do. That's right. There you go. I like it. Any day. I but like you it. guys will have to deal with Atlanta traffic, and y'all ain't coming up here to Atlanta traffic. Maybe on a holiday. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Okay. We got we to find the peak hours and not drive during the yeah. peak hours. Yeah, we'll, we'll be there at about 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to spend the night, so be ready for that. I tell you. Um, well, first of all, real quick, how cool would it be if Georgia goes back-to-back five first-round picks? It could happen. It how could. It could happen. I mean, that would be crazy. Um First of all, let me just say this about Lamar Jackson. Russell Brown, I'm not surprised on your take considering you don't think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Lamar Jackson needs to uh, – no, it's not. It's a Christmas movie. You know it is. Um, Lamar Jackson needs to be the quarterback of this day. And you know why? Why? I'm getting fired up about it. And I know your stance on Julio Jones. It was the worst trade in the history of the franchise. I agree with that. But Julio Jones couldn't throw the football. And he couldn't oh, run. yeah, no, no, no. So, this is uh, totally different because you're talking about okay. a quarterback. Yeah. Right. So you're not going to be happy if we get him. I'm not. No, 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 no. I wouldn't say that. No, what I'm saying is I would not do it, but I. But if they make that move, it's. To, I totally understand. It makes the team more relevant, more fun to watch. I, I'm not anti-trading for Lamar Jackson. It's just me personally. I would rather them continue to build – with, and 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 stay away from that because look once you make that move all this stuff we've been talking about with the cap space and and kind of remaking this roster that you're done the roster is what it is and I'm but I am excited that, and and listen hear my words when I tell you this they're going to take a quarterback one way or another in this draft whether they draft Anthony Richardson or they get Lamar Jackson they're getting a quarterback I I can feel it in my bones I mm. really can real quick. You know who the team is I think is going to trade up and get Darnell Washington? And if you think about it, it's a no-brainer. Kansas City. Oh, wow, yeah. Think about that. Yeah. They put Kansas Kelsey with Darnell Washington. They would be Georgia 2.0. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see – seriously, I mean, I could see that happening. That would be a scary offense if they were to add him. But, mm-hmm. you know, 
And Guys we know, enjoy that, the chat. We know huh? that they know how to use the tight ends because we've seen them do it. Oh, absolutely. No question. And at the end of the day, if, if Lamar Jackson leaves Baltimore, I feel sorry for Todd Munkin. That poor guy. I mean, ugh. Oh, yeah, that's going to be tough. Because yeah, then he's got a complete rebuild, yep. Talk to you guys soon. Be good. Bye. Right. Enjoy Appreciate those ribs. It. Enjoy the pull. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Kirkland is in Macon. What's up, Kirkland? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, bud? Y'all doing all right today? Yeah, we're doing well. I just, I, I just had a quick, quick, I guess, statement. I don't know. Um, don't take it the wrong way, now, Daniel. <laughs> but I just, I just, I just just had to pitch you as, as the boss of the sports um, telegraphic news and stuff. I just can't pitch you like that. I don't know why. Why is that? <laughs> That's pretty random. You are the promo guy, so you know like you're the boss though. <laughs> I was a sports editor for seven years in Albany and twelve years in Macon. Or eleven years in Macon, sorry. It was straight bonkers in that, that room when that, that office uh, <laughs> Well, he, he was like the, – see, that's the thing, though. That's why he was the boss. He was like the Howie Roseman of sports writing. He, he could bring in the Coley Harveys and the David Hills. Listen to the people who I hired, okay? David Hale, Coley Harvey, Seth Emerson, Gentry Estes. I didn't hire Jonathan Heater, but he was here on my staff. So I had a pretty good run there. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. hey, every time, every time you watch Coley Harvey think – Daniel Shirley gave that guy his first job. Yeah, he's got an eye for talent, Kirkland. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why he's here with me. No, but. no, no, no. I was. I always tell people when I was in Albany, when I first started, I was probably the best writer on the staff, and then I was, we weren't very good. And then, <laughs> then I was the worst writer on the staff, and we were really damn good. So. Well, you were like Stetson Bennett then, I guess. That's and, right. Um, That's exactly right. Yeah, I, I delivered so I, every time. <laughs> yeah, so I guess. I guess we both know why Daniel has the blue check on Twitter now. Yes, that, that's why he has the blue check. And I don't think he pays yeah. eight bucks a month for I it. I don't pay anything for the blue check. Do I still have a blue check? Oh, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I still have it. Okay. okay. They haven't taken it away from me. All right, okay, Kirk. got open. I hit the delivery button here. Okay. Thanks, man. Right, be good, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Damn, Kirkland. a random phone call. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I thought I was pretty nice. I did a pretty good job as sports editor. I loved working at the Telegraph. Well, I, I would have never left if they had if newspapers hadn't. Yeah, it's a shame the newspapers tank, man. Because when we first got to town, I mean, my gosh, that that sports department was incredible. It was, and it was great for us too because uh, for in radio because we had a lot of, I mean, people that could come and sit in with us and right. And we had heater on every week. Yeah, and Coley was on to talk about tech, and David talked about you. Yeah, and, it was great. Yeah, it was and great Josh, Josh worked for me too. Now I didn't hire Josh, but Josh was here when I got here. So yeah, uh, yeah, I've been pretty lucky to have the. The people work for me who I've had work for me. Yeah. Some good, some good people. Too. I guess Kirkland can see you as a boss now. I guess I, my wife probably thinks the same thing as Kirkland. She's like, "How, how is this guy?" <laughs> people Sorry. listen to you. My sons are like, "Yeah, what? Kirkland's going right on the money." <laughs> oh. I did tell Matt something the other day, and he's like, "You know, once eventually, I'm going to realize you know what you're talking about." I was like, "That's exactly right." I did the same thing with my dad. Right? No, we well, all we all did it. We yeah. all did it. Uh, real quick to finish up Dane Brugler's first round, uh, Jacksonville, the 24th pick, taking Darnell Washington, tight end out of Georgia. You know, the same thing, talking about the Falcons trading back up into the back end to get him, to pair him with Kyle Pitts. We had uh, Ken from coming, pairing him with Travis Kelsey. Here you pair him with Evan Ingram. I mean, I think that would be a slam dunk pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That franchise is going places, by the way. 
Um, and I don't think any other Georgia players snuck into the first round. No, just 31 picks in the first round this year, of course, because Miami had to forfeit theirs with the um, – oh, what was that coach's name? Now I'm drawing blank. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, as a part of the, the, the discrimination lawsuit, they lost their right. first-round pick. Oh, for God. What? And, and he just – Was it Brian Flores? Brian Flores, right. That's who it is. And he's and he just signed with somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Vikings. That's right. He's with the Vikings. Yep. Brian Flores. Wow, brain's working today. It is. How about that? It's a good day. <laughs> I ate well yesterday. It's amazing. Did you? Get the blood flowing. Yeah. There you go. You know, real quick before we go to break, because nobody cares about this stuff, so I'll just stuff it into the end of the t- hour. There's a real situation at our house, right? So my wife does not – like, I say she's a vegetarian. She's really not a vegetarian. She'll eat fish. She'll eat shrimp. You know, she won't eat, like, beef, okay? Right. And that, there's another word for that, right? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Okay. It's okay. weird. But it's not like an activist anything. It's just a, a dietary choice she makes. Right. She doesn't get – I could eat a steak right in front of her. She she's doesn't, not she doesn't care. She's not offended if you eat a steak. Right. She's, she's cooked steak for me. She's not judging you. No, it's, okay. not, it's not that kind of thing. Well, she's judging you about other well, stuff. Well, well, of course. But there are these things called meat crumbles that are not really meat, but they, they kind of mimic ground beef. And she made what she calls a meatloaf out of it. I'm like, baby, if it's not meat, it can't be. It's just a loaf. We had that for dinner last night. It was really <laughs> good. But you can't. But I told her, I was like, you can't call it meatloaf. It's not meatloaf. It's right. not meat. It's just loaf. We well, had, you, you always have this about milk. We had loaf and potatoes. Remember, people say like soy, soy milk. milk. No, it's, it's soy milk. juice. Right. Almond juice. It can't be milk if it didn't come it didn't out come of an animal. animal's body. It's not milk. <laughs> Golly Moses. And why does this stuff bother me? I don't know what's wrong with it. I'm not drinking fake milk. I, I'm right. not doing well, it. Well, there's that. But, I mean, it's so good. I, I put it in a bowl with some mashed potatoes and just and some ketchup and just mix it all together. Did and it? it tastes really – it doesn't quite taste like meatloaf, but it is good. And, and it's I plant-based. Love and it's not a bunch of ground beef, so it's better for me. I love meatloaf. Which yeah. is a, a rare dietary decision for me. Uh, I like fried food. I do, too. That's my favorite it's, food group. It's not good for you, but it's – Fried food group. It's good. It's good. We'll take a break for the top of the hour, 478-646-ESPN, if you'd like to jump in here with us. That and more as we continue on the Midday Sports Zone. It's time to have lunch and talk sports. It's the Midday Sports Zone on Sports Radio 93.1. Hour number two of the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and Daniel Shirley with you. We've got one guest coming up this hour. That would be Mr. Josh Kendall of The Athletic. We'll talk some Falcons football with him as he is back from the Combine in Indy. So it will definitely uh, have a lot to do with what the Falcons might do in the draft. And I'm sure we'll throw in some uh, free agency questions as well, and we'll get Josh's thoughts about Lamar Jackson. Again, it's Lamar Jackson Day. Uh, the Ravens have until 4 o'clock to offer him the tag, and we'll see if they do that. The other name, Tate's, Tate and Ken both are like producers for free. I don't know if they realize it. The, the name of the tag that I couldn't think of earlier, non-exclusive tag. Right. And that's the one where if you have a first-round pick in 23 and 24 – um, the Ravens have the ability to, uh, or whatever the, it's like 32 point something million dollars. So obviously you match that and you have to give up your first round pick. So they, they could tag Lamar Jackson with that. 
he then has the freedom to talk to other teams to gauge if there's interest from other teams in doing that. Um, so we'll find that out at 4 o'clock. It's, uh, Daniel Jones is another big one that's out there that people are waiting. Uh, there, while we're talking about NFL quarterbacks, there's a rumor out that Aaron Rodgers has talked to the Jets. Um, yeah. And, and I heard a great term. Uh, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan. And it's like Aaron Rodgers really has kind of become – he's done a heel turn, right? I mean, I think everybody – I think he was a universally, which is very tough to do as a star quarterback. But I think I – mean, say for some Bears fans, obviously, because that's a rivalry. But I think he was really liked by a lot of people, and now he's not. Because yeah, it's just – his personality just rubs people the wrong way. He's rubbing guys – he's rubbing people the wrong way. There's no doubt about that. And it's it's almost like he's trying to be a contrarian – He's trying to be a heel. Um, that that it's you know that it, I, I, and I don't know why. I don't know what that accomplishes, you know. But again, it's the I'm the smartest guy in the room person, and that it feels like that's what he's trying to be, and he's trying to prove he's the smartest guy in the room. Okay, be the smartest guy in the room. Who cares? How about be the best guy in the room? Yeah, go. How about just be in the room? Right. Because they were, you know, they were saying that. They, they they missed the playoffs by one game last year, but he had no continuity with his wide receivers because he didn't work with them in the offseason. You know, and it's just like, you're getting paid $60 million a year, dude. Show up. Right. How about that? How about be a good teammate? I mean, is you it? Know? And, and I don't know why the Jets would want this guy. I don't know why anybody would want this guy. To me, if the first question, we talk about this with the NBA and load management all the time. If the first question on my list to ask you is, do you want to do this, then right. I, I, that's a, I'm wasting my time with an interview at that point. Yep, right. Do you want to play or not? If you don't want to play, that's fine. You've had a great career. You've earned the right not to play. First ballot Hall of Famer. Go do, go do no whatever doubt about you want it. to do. Go have you know four nights in darkness, whatever. <laughs> Hang out. Smoke weed. Do, you do whatever Post you Jeopardy, do. whatever. Right. Float your boat, man. Do, go do it. But be a good teammate. You have a responsibility to your teammates. It's, you know, I mean, it's a totally different story, but the John Morant stuff. You have a responsibility to those guys in the room. And if you're playing team sports, that should be your number one priority is your teammates and trying to win. Mm. Not hanging out with your boys. Not flashing guns on Instagram, not trying to be a tough guy, not being the smartest guy in the room. Just be in the room and, and care about your teammates. All the other stuff doesn't matter if you do that. And I just, I, I think we've gotten, we've gotten way too far in athletes trying to be celebrities. And try, I mean, do you want to be known for something? Or do you want to be like the Kardashians? I mean, why are the Kardashians famous? I really don't feel they're, like answering that on a family show. Well, they're famous for being famous, right? No. Well, but I mean, what talent do they have? None. I mean, you have talent. Make the most of it. Yeah. Put in the work. You feel better now? I didn't My know blood you were pressure's so, back down. <laughs> I didn't know you felt so passionate about Aaron Rodgers. I, well, I mean, he's kind of touched a nerve doesn't there. Doesn't it feel like he's wasted a lot of his career? And on the backside, it does because you you start to wonder about a lot of things. And and then look, and we've talked about this before. There are people on this earth that are physically gifted enough to to be able to play a sport professionally, and they don't necessarily have to love it to be successful. 
He's as gifted a player as ever so, played in the NFL. I, I mean, he may be one of those people, yep. and and he's he can make sixty million dollars this year and go take darkness retreats in Puerto Rico this and summer. Look, it's his right, but just be a good. I don't care what it, I don't care what you do off the field. I have I don't care I don't care any of it. But be a good teammate. Care about the other guys in the locker room, and be about winning. That's all I care about. Yeah. If you're about winning and you're about your teammates, you can do whatever off the you can be you can believe whatever you want to believe politically. You can I, I don't care. Now don't be a racist. Don't be a bad person. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. But I mean, it's not that hard. It's not that hard to to be a good teammate. You almost have to try to be a bad teammate. And it feels like that's where he's gone. I mean, he can't go work out with his teammates, really. And but you know, Russ. And then he'll throw those guys under the bus when the season starts. We've seen that. Oh yeah, no, there's, uh, yeah. And again, to he's talking to the Jets. Why would you want him? I don't understand. The Jets are building something. Uh, I wouldn't want uh, that guy in my locker room for ten seconds. Yeah, I mean, and and I just with the media market there the way it is, it would just be that would be a total. Total dumpster well, you fire. You always talk about distractions. Oh, that's that's they're, distraction they're number done. one. They're done. I mean, the Jets. I mean, you're going to be talked about. You're going to have headlines. Congratulations. You're not going to win football games. Nope, not at all. Not that way. Um, so anyway, but uh, back to what we we're saying with Lamar Jackson. You keep an eye on that today. Uh, if you're a Falcons fan, there's also our, our old friend Miles Garrett just posted up video. Uh, not able to hear it, but I can see it. Of and I guess this would be on his show yesterday. But apparently, Rich Eisen talking about just some of the things he's heard in Indianapolis. The Falcons are grinding tape on quarterbacks. Uh, well, you know, they need to bring in somebody, not as a starter. Well, is he talking about the quarterbacks at the combine, or is it, oh, that's well, yeah. we don't know. But you know, there are you know, and Stetson Bennett's the obvious example here. Uh, I think there's a kid that was at Purdue as well. There, there are some guys out there that you're talking about day two, day three type players. You know, if they wanted to draft another quarterback, I, I I wouldn't hate that. Now, if they draft one of the guys in the top, again, we'll, we'll just go with the Dan Brugler mock draft we just went over. He's got four quarterbacks going in the top seven. I think you know who they are. If they draft one of those four quarterbacks, that they, regardless of what they say, and, and look, they may come out and say, no, this doesn't mean we've moved on from Desmond Ritter. They may believe that, but the reality of it is you've moved on from Desmond yeah, Ritter. Aiden O'Connell is who you're – the, the Purdue kid. Thank you. Yeah. About. Um I mean, look, I mean, 49ers drafted uh Trey Lance one year and then and then Brock Purdy the next year. And you needed him. They they obviously didn't go into last year thinking, oh, can't wait till we need Brock Purdy, but it happened. But yeah, I mean, if you draft a quarterback at eight, I mean Desmond Ritter's not your starter. Right? I mean No. No. If he's he is, not. then you wasted that pick. Yep, and uh, also the Fal- <clears throat> excuse me, the Falcons tweeting out ooh, about 30 minutes ago a picture of Lorenzo Carter signing his contract. If you haven't heard, uh, they agreed to a two-year contract. So Lorenzo Carter staying home with the Falcons, as they point out. Norcross Kid is staying home, and he's signing in in his UGA uh, jacket. So he, he's from Norcross. He played at Georgia, and now he's still a Falcon. So that's And, and Falcons never signed – Georgia players. But, well, I mean. Oh, I'm sorry. They never draft Georgia They never players. draft Georgia players. 
But they did two last year. They drafted two last year. So. Um, well, and some people have said if the, if Jalen Carter falls to eight and they pass, they're done. And you know what? I, st- I love you. I love you one and all, but I, okay, good. Bye. <laughs> like, I'm tired of that conversation. That doesn't hurt your feelings at all. No, we don't ever have to have that conversation again. I oh. mean, Jalen Carter right now is a risk. Isn't he? Today he is. Today. Today. Like I like right. I said, it's a it's it's a one day at a time. It's one day at a, I'm it's not no. It's not yes and it's not no. It's right. one day at a time. If they What if more stuff comes out between now and the draft? If he's cleared to play, he's no risk. Right. And again, I'm using an NBA example. John Morant flashes a gun in an Instagram video, he's suspended. Brandon Miller takes a gun to a what turn and what turns into a crime scene. He's still playing. It's going to be treated differently at the next level than it is. And if there are other things that were going on at UGA with him that we don't know about, and they find out about it, that could be a problem. It's just something you have to keep in the back of your mind. You're moving, like, like, and I, I say this all the time. You know, there seems to be this feeling that when a player leaves a school and is a first or second year player and starts to get in trouble at the next level, it's because all of a sudden they've come into some money. Do you, I, I think money I think there's shows a, who you were. Well, right. and I think right. there's a lot more that goes on at the collegiate level than we know about. Right. You know, I don't. No doubt. I don't think guys you know turn 21 and all of a sudden start partying. They don't lose their mind just because they got some money in the NFL. Yeah. Most guys. Some do. I, I mean, mean, they started. No, they probably started drinking something better. Right. And they got to the a much nicer club and yes. a much nicer car. Right. But they that didn't start. But then. that's probably who they were the whole time. Yeah. No doubt. We'll take a break. Four seven eight six four six ESPN is the number. Back with more right after this. Welcome back into the midday sports zone. Russ Brown and Daniel Shirley with you here. We got Josh Kendall on the way in fifteen minutes or so to. Uh, dig a little deeper into what the Falcons found out at the uh, the Combine. Um, did want to mention this uh, before we get too far down the road and run out of showtime that the uh, – want to mention the Hawks lost last night to the Miami Heat, so uh, kind of a sweep of that two-game series in a way, if you will, with uh, – it was just – it was odd. They played Saturday night in Miami, did not play on Sunday, and then played Saturday night last night. So the Heat put two games on the Hawks. The Hawks are now two and a half back of the Heat, the eighth-place team in the East. They're just a half a game ahead of Toronto. They're a game and a half ahead of the Washington Wizards and three games ahead of Chicago, who would be the 11th-place team. So, again, the Hawks more than likely are going to be in this play-in tournament. But the quotes after the game were really interesting. I think the rebuild has begun. And I'll be honest, with a couple of losses in a row – I was very excited about Quinn Schneider coming in, um, and it hasn't had the immediate impact I thought that it would have in terms of wins and losses. But they were talking about more of a process of learning how to win. And there was one quote in here, and you tell me if your your thoughts on this, Daniel. And it was a quote from Trey Young, and it but it didn't sound like the quotes. And I'm talking about quotes after a loss. It didn't sound like those typical. Uh, Trey Young, sort of a quote, he said, um, we've been really moving the ball and scoring. We've just got to make a little more effort on the defensive end. Wow. Uh, that Does that sound different to you? Yeah, it does. I, look, here's the thing. Two years ago when they made the change, we saw an immediate 
change in this team. They went on an eight-game winning streak, right, when mm-hmm. Nate took over. So I don't know that that was going to happen. Obviously, it hasn't happened. But, I mean, they bring in somebody from the outside. It's a little tougher to kind of buy in 100% because he's he wasn't there before. I mean, Nate was there with them. He, you know, he kind of can can – I've been around the guys. Maybe I can sell a different message for an immediate bump. This is a longer-term play here. Than, I mean, this is a long-term play. I don't think that in two years that the Hawks are going to make another coaching change. Um, if they do, my God. I mean, they are a complete and utter train wreck. So I don't think that's going to happen. But, I mean, it, feels, it surely feels like Quinn Snyder is trying to build something for the long term. Yeah. And uh, he, he said, uh, Quinn Schneider, after the game, talked about uh, – here, here's here, I'll just read it to you. I want us to be the best team we can be by the end of the year. And that's really what it comes down to. How can we keep improving? Obviously, we want to win record standings playoffs, but I think we'll be better off if we continue to improve. And in order to do that, sometimes you need to have an off day. And, and, and I mean, and that sounds like, if I can interpret a little bit, Look, we're going to be in the play-in. I don't think we're going to fall out of it. I don't think we can play our way into the six. So let's just focus on being as good as we can be when we get to that point. Because really, once you get to the tournament, other than which arena you're playing in, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's, you're going to have to win two games to get to the playoff playoff, regardless of, of who you are. Well, no, I take that back. I guess if you're the if you're the seven seed and you win, you're in. So you wouldn't have to win two games. As a seven seed, so but whatever the right. case may be, right. uh, it just sounds like they're focused on more of a big picture thing than just this year, and I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, I think. Well, I mean, they, 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 their problems aren't just about this year. Mm-hmm. Their problems. I mean, this is big picture stuff for this team, and and what are you? Uh, so it, they they probably need that. They need. Somebody to come in and look at this team from the outside and say, okay, this is what we need to be. This is what we need to be doing to get to that point. And if they're going to do that now, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, it isn't about winning the play-in game or winning a first-round series. This is about long-term yeah. having a good team. It's it's taking a step back and figuring out how to win a championship. And you're not. that's not going to happen this year. No, it's not. So, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, tonight... Georgia Southern and the Georgia Bulldogs play each other at uh, – I forget what they call it, but it's the ballpark in Augusta. Tomorrow night they'll be in Statesboro. Last I heard, standing room only tickets for that one in the borough. But uh, Georgia – I've thought about this. Should we go back – should we start keeping like a Georgia standings? So like Georgia Southern would be 1-0 and because they beat Mercer. Because they beat Mercer, yeah. And like Georgia – Georgia would be two and one because they beat Georgia Tech, and then right. and then Tech would be two and two with their win over Kennesaw State. Should we do that? I like it. I like. I, it. I might do that. I might start tracking that. I like it. But and we uh, should we should give out our own trophy. The midday sports own. Uh, we'll we'll trophy. give them a giant peach. We'll yeah, we'll see, give them a peach. We'll send you a bucket of peaches. <laughs> I mean, they should have something. I really believe that. I I mean, I really believe. That those teams all playing each other, they should have something because they're all playing each other. Yeah, well, I just you know I think it's 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 healthy for the sport, and yeah, it definitely uh, is. So I can't wait to to get home and and listen to that one tonight, and uh, again tomorrow night. So the Eagles and the Bulldogs getting together, and then they'll play a third game if you want to call it a kind of a series 
in Athens later on this. I think it's in March 20-something. I'd have to look it up. but uh, It does seem like it's kind of middle of the month. Yeah. So, and, and it's a midweek game. I mean, it, it, those are what they are. And it's a mid, It's the first of two midweek games, too, to keep in mind. So, um, might see the pitchers go a little bit longer, considering there's a game tomorrow. Right, right, but, right. But, you know, it, it's a college midweek game, so it is what it is. Uh, Georgia Tech takes on Florida State at uh, 2 o'clock, about an hour and a half away from tip-off in the ACC tournament. Love it. So that'll be game one in Greensboro. I'm sure they'll be playing in front of dozens of friends and family at 2 o'clock on a Tuesday yeah. afternoon. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, they got to win five in a row. That's that's your path to the NCAA tournament. you got to start today and win a game every day up until Saturday. And they really, I mean, I mean that's really their only path to playing past this week. I mean, they, they don't, you know, they're not going to the NIT if, you know, with their, with the season they've had. Yeah. The NIT is a lot tougher to get into now than it used to be because they give those teams automatic bids, yeah. right? Those regular season champions get yeah. automatic bids. They didn't used to do that. So yeah. if you were ninth or 10th in the ACC, you had a real yeah. shot to get in the NIT. You well, don't really have that anymore. And I don't think it's a hard and fast criteria, but they are looking for teams over 500. And right. Georgia Tech was 14 and 17. Now, that being said, this has nothing to do with Georgia sports, but I want to, But you mentioned the NIT. And I want to say this, and I want to talk about this. Okay. There, the Detroit Mercy, if you're not familiar, um, has a player on that team that is on the verge of breaking Pistol Pete his all-time scoring record for college basketball. Um, he finished the regular season. Our Detroit Mercy finished their regular season. Anton Davis is his name. Do you remember Mike Davis, the coach right, in Indiana and UAB? It's his right. son. Right. right. And and Mike Davis is the coach of this team. Uh, but anyway, he, um, he fell, I think it was like five points short of Pistol Pete's record of 3,667 points. There is talk that one of these tournaments may take that team, even though they're not very good record-wise, just so he can break the record to bring notoriety. I hope that's not the case. Well, and I hope that if they do, it gets about as much attention as LeBron James breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record got. Because here's the thing. This is a fifth-year player. Right. Pistol Pete set that record in three seasons. Without a three-point line. Without a three-point line. <laughs> can you and, imagine? And they did a deep dive to and went and found his went through his shot charts at LSU. And found with a three-pointer, he would have averaged about 44 points a game. This guy for his career averages 23. And look, there's nothing it's wrong not with – not even the same conversation. There's nothing wrong with Antoine Davis. He's a good player. He's a fine player. But they are 13 and 18. You can't – if one of these tournaments lets them in, you are not a legitimate tournament. You're not legitimate. You take away from the rest of your tournament if you do that. And look, let's say he had broken the record. Right? I would still say, my God, he played five years. Pistol Pete played three. Now, he did break the record. That's fine. But it's not the same record. It's not. <laughs> but if they do that to yeah. let him in, that, that the rest of that tournament is illegitimate. Yeah. And, that, and then the idea is that they would do it. I don't think the NIT would do it, but one those other tournaments that you buy your way into. Right. So hopefully not. And, and a correction on something with our I, – I, we got the Georgia Cup, the Georgia games. I don't know. We'll come up with a catchy name for it. I said Southern would be 1-0. and I'm sorry. They would be 1-1. One one. I forgot they lost to Georgia Tech. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They did lose to Georgia Tech. You're right. But it's okay. 
at least they got to play them. Not like basketball. <laughs> well, that's, there you go. At least they got to play them. That's right. Uh, that's all you can ask for. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, the uh, Josh Kendall of The Athletic will join us. We'll talk some Falcons football with him. That and more as we continue right after this. Twelve thirty, Russ and Daniel back with you here on the Midday Sports Zone. Let's talk a little Falcons football. Bring in Josh Kendall from the Athletic. Good afternoon, sir. Hope you're doing well. Doing good. How y'all doing? Good, man. How was the trip to Indy? Good, good, productive, um, fun. It's a, and Indy's a Indy's an underrated town, I think. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I like everything's kind of in walking distance, and I, I'm a yeah. big fan, big fan myself. Hey, real quick before we get into the draft and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, Lorenzo Carter re-signed today for two years. Is it, does that going to affect what they might do in free agency or, or the draft, or do you think it's just it, it doesn't have any impact on that? Well, before I answer that question, I would like to see the contract because mm. I think what the what the numbers say will tell us what they think of Lorenzo, thereby what they think of um, – the, you know, adding to that position, you know, where else they might add to that position. So what what I mean by that is if, if Lorenzo went out in the marketing, didn't get a ton of other interest and decides, well, I want to stay home for about $5 million, $6 million a year, that's kind of backup money. That's, that's the Falcons saying, yeah, we like you a lot, but we're not going to paint ourselves into a corner where we can't go out and get somebody above you. Now, if the Falcons, you know, thought, thought Lorenzo – Carter was a really good fit and has more production in him, and they signed him for nine, ten, eleven million a year because he was getting other offers like that on the free agent market. That means they think Lorenzo Carter is a starter and he needs to be a starter. So, I, you know, I don't think we know yet. Um, I don't think it's a surprise that they brought him back. Both parties were motivated to do that at the right price. What that price is and where that lands, I think that's the determining factor in what it means. Josh, obviously a lot of attention today is on Lamar Jackson. Are the Falcons in this at all if, if he become if he's out on the market? The, the Falcons are, as, as you would imagine, nervous about the price. Um, the price in money, the price in draft capital, and the, and the risk when it comes to his health and putting you know, all of that weight on um, his, all of that uh, on his shoulders in terms of if, if he's not happy, Ain't nobody happy. I'm not sure they want to get in that boat. That's how I thought, thought they felt um, going into Indianapolis. Based on some conversations I had, I sort of confirmed that's how they felt. So are, are they in it? I mean, they were in on Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, a lot fewer red flags with, with Lamar Jackson and a lot better quarterback. So they're paying attention. I don't think at the end of the day they'll consummate it, but I think that they're paying attention. Josh Kendall of The Athletic joining us here. Um, as far as the, I guess we could say the big four, for lack of a better term, the, the quarterbacks expected to go in the first round near the top of the draft. Uh, is there a chance that the Falcons fell in love with any of those guys while they were in Indianapolis? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to fall in love with the numbers for Anthony Richardson. You know, you can, this this is a, this, and I'm not saying in, in the specific case, mm-hmm. but this is a, Anthony Richardson is a great GM versus, head coach question you know so if you're looking at it from the gm standpoint you look at those things you look at those numbers you look at that you know what that guy could be because as a general manager you're building the future 
as a head coach, you're looking at next year and you're looking at a guy who's a one-season starter fewer than 400 collegiate passes and you're nervous. So, again, I have not seen – this goes back to the risk question. I have not seen this Falcons brain trust, Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith, really be really take a big swing yet. You know, they, took, they, they, they watched the Deshaun Watson pitch, but they didn't, they didn't swing at it in the end. So, Anthony Richardson is a big, big risk. Um, C.J. Stroud is the most boring of the group, but probably the most ready-made. But he's probably gone by three or four, and I don't know if the Falcons are interested in paying what it would take to move up into that range. So everything is a sliding scale. Um, I think Richardson's probably gone by six based on his workout. Will Levis is the you know Will Levis is kind of a, a mini Richardson in that he offers some of the athletic profile. He also offers some of the risk, and I think he's going to be around an eight. So, you know, with all the smoke, all is said and done, and they they spent a lot of time on quarterbacks in Indianapolis in, in terms of interviews, in terms of watching these guys work out, et cetera, et cetera. In the end, I think they're going to be left – what they're going to be left with is a choice of Will Levis or hang on to Desmond Ritter. I still, standing here right now at this moment, think that they hang on to Desmond Ritter. Josh, if they do that, uh, obviously they probably will go get a veteran guy to – maybe push him or, or be in the room with him. Who do you think is the most likely uh, player that if they, if they do that, go that route? That's a great question. I mean, there are just a, there are so many guys at kind of the Jacoby Brissett level who are going to be available. Yeah, I, I don't know that I could na- name a front runner in, really? at this point. Um, you know, if, if, if Ryan Tannehill becomes available, you know, certainly they would love, Arthur Smith would love to add him. But he's not necessarily – I mean, he's still in the starter level. And maybe that's, maybe that's the ideal situation. Maybe you bring in a guy who is a veteran who you legitimately think could beat out Desmond Ritter in, a, in an open competition, um, but also you can slot in as a backup. So there are just so many names out there until we see some, until we see some things shake out. I mean, Jameis Winston's going to be available any minute now because the Saints just signed Derek Carr. Too many moving parts right now for me to circle a favorite for that role. Josh, um, I know. Look, Terry Fontenot said he, he it's best player available when it comes to the draft, and uh, I'm personally, I'm a big fan of that strategy. But what do you think the biggest need on the team is going into the draft? Well, right now, the biggest need is still defensive line, edge rusher, pass rusher, whatever, whatever they're going to call that position um, of outside linebacker, defensive end and then defensive tackle. So, you know, front, front seven guys who affect the passer. The question is, will that still be the biggest need going into the draft? Because next week is free agency. Again, that's going to check out who the Falcons re-sign in the next you know, two, two, three days, and then who the Falcons sign in free agency. will really Then we can really start answering some questions. Right now it's defensive line, pass rusher type, my guess is by the time Atlanta gets to the draft, its biggest need is going to be cornerback. Josh, you, we've talked a little bit about it, but now that you said, like you said, free agency is almost here, how aggressive are they going to be? Not big numbers, I don't think, but, I mean, how many guys do you think they're going to try to bring in in free agency? Well, so everybody sees $67 million and thinks and starts doing the math on that. And that's a lot of money, and that's good. But you got to, so you got to start thinking ahead. You got to start thinking down the road a little bit. Out of that sixty-seven million dollars, you need to save room for a Chris Lindstrom new contract slash extension. 
you need to start you need to save room think be thinking about saving room for an AJ Terrell contract extension new deal et cetera et cetera if you're bringing Caleb McGarry back that's 17 ish 15 to 17 million depending on how they handle that so it's not like you can say all right you can go out and get three guys for 21 million dollars a year that's not going to happen right um but I think two big ticket guys I mean you're talking about Jesse Bates you're talking about Marcus Davenport I mean you know you know maybe you're talking about Javon Hargrave it's not like you're going to get all three of those guys could you get two guys in that category yeah you could Wow, that's really exciting to think about because, I mean, I, I Josh, I don't know your take on this, but it feels like there may be two or three guys away uh, specifically on the defensive side from not, not being a Super Bowl contender, but, you know, being a team that can make the playoffs and maybe even win a playoff game. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. This this team needs to get in the playoffs. This needs to be a playoff team in the in the, in the third year for this for this group running the show. And you absolutely can think that it could be, especially if you add some, some pieces – um, some key pieces on the defense. If Ryan Nielsen is what they think he's going to be in terms of bringing in aggression and, and an improved pass rush when he has more weapons than DMPs had, and then that run game plus whatever you can add to the passing game, absolutely. I think that this, you know, I think that this team, you know, is very well positioned to take a big step and needs to. Yep, no doubt. Hey, Josh, we appreciate the time. Thanks for jumping in here with us, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, bud. That's Josh Kendall with The Athletic. Uh, go check it out. He's got an article. Just kind of, you know, what he saw at the Combine and breaking down all the position groups. And um, So I, it, it sounds like the Falcons would be a little bit cautious about the potentially going after Lamar Jackson, which is interesting to me considering how bad they wanted Deshaun Watson last year. Yeah, I, maybe they – It doesn't make any sense. I mean, look, obviously – well, it does make sense. that the, the Deshaun Watson thing was a personal relationship with the owner. Right. It had to be because Lamar Jackson's a better player, and well, he doesn't and, have the red flags. And maybe the head coach and the GM talked the owner out of that. You know, it's like, hey, look, let don't we don't need that. We don't need that distraction. We don't – I mean, and not Lamar's a distraction, but let us build something here. Yeah. And let's see what it is. So, yeah. um, you know, look, there's a lot of stuff going on with the Falcons, and at least this year they can be in the mix for some of those guys that Josh mentioned because the last couple of years they couldn't get any of those guys. Now maybe they could get a couple of them. Mm-hmm. That's really, really fun to think about. It is. It is. And it, gets, it all starts next week. So uh, looking forward to that as well. And and still no official word on the uh, Lamar Jackson situation. Is it – what is it? The exclusive tag and the – And the non-exclusive. Non-exclusive tag. Yep. How can I not remember that? It's the same damn word. Exclusive, non-exclusive. Yes. But for some reason my brain wants to make it two different things. Anyway – so we'll see, and then obviously, if they don't tag him at all, he's he's a free agent, and that's gonna that's where it really gets that. Nuts. That won't happen. I don't think so. I don't think that. I don't think. I don't think you can let him walk. You cannot. It's you can't do it. You can. They built their entire team around him. Yeah. If he walks, you got to get two picks out of the deal at least, oh at the very gosh. least, no doubt. We'll take a break. Phone lines are open four seven eight six four six ESPN wherever you want to go in the world of sports, and we're back with more right after this. Twelve forty-five. Russ and Daniel wrapping it up here on this Tuesday afternoon. We talked a lot of NFL stuff today uh, with on the heels of the combine, and it is Tag Day in the National Football League. So we've got that going on. 
Man, it's a it's a great time of year. You know, we talked about the college baseball and the midweek stuff going on with Georgia Southern and Georgia playing each other for the next couple of nights. Georgia Tech's getting ready to tip off in the ACC tournament. So, I mean, there's basketball on during the day now, uh, for the at least for the next right. couple of days with the ACC and the SEC tournament getting underway. The other the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and all those guys, too. So, yeah. Oh, and I, forget, I always forget to include the Big East when we roll back around I, them. I guess they're still relevant in basketball. I love the Big East tournament. Love everything about it. And the thing about, you know, like tomorrow, like the games today for the ACC don't start till 2 o'clock. But tomorrow, we've got games on at noon. And I think the SEC starts at 1230 or yeah. 1. So, uh, you know, we'll got, we've got some basketball the rest of the week. Yeah. I can't wait. Now, I, I, just, love this. I love this week. Yeah. Well, I just saw something – come across the this is from the Associated Press. Um they've named Brandon Miller the player of the year. Oh my God. I mean this this all this stuff is just making me incredibly uncomfortable. I hope more people start to speak. Lives have been lost here. There's got I mean we've got to value that, right? And he's involved in it. I don't care what how you think he's involved in it. He is involved in it. And if you want to say well he didn't he didn't hurt anybody whatever He's involved in two people dying. It's just, it's just, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's yeah. really uncomfortable. So anyway, I just that that literally just came out. I mean, to the point where I mean, I almost feel icky watching college basketball. Watching them, you know, sure. and, yeah. and 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 yeah. they're going to be talked to. Well, as we transition into the NCAA tournament, every time that comes up, that's going to be talked about, it, it and it's just going to be uncomfortable. I know, I know, but it should be talked about. Yeah. It, it, no, you're right. It should be. It. Right. It absolutely should be. It was just going to be really, 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 really uncomfortable. Um, uh, from Twitter, Tate asked, are the Falcons going to consider franchise tagging Caleb McGarry? Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, but here's my thing. And I know there's no assurances when it comes to free agency. But – would you franchise Caleb McGarry and pay him that top dollar when Orlando Brown's going to be a free agent? I would. Like, I, instead of tagging McGarry, I'd rather go after Orlando Brown. Yeah. I I mean, now, Brown is older, right? We know that. Yeah, he's 26. He's only 26. That's right. <laughs> maybe he's not Maybe he's not older. Maybe McGarry is a little younger. I mean, maybe, he, maybe he's older. I... I McGarry is 28. No, so McGarry is older. My goodness. I thought he was older than Orlando Brown. I mean, younger than Orlando Brown. Yeah. Um, I I don't know, man. I wonder about the Chiefs letting Orlando Brown go. So the, the franchise tag would be 18-2 for an offensive lineman, 16-6 for the transition tag. So if you're going to spend $18 million on a lineman, you might as well. I'd rather spend $20 million on Orlando Brown. I would, too. And look, the Chiefs may re-sign Orlando Brown. They just didn't tag him. Right, so exactly, exactly. He might not go anywhere. But I, I, if he's out there, I think he's worth a shot taking a chance on, for sure. And I like Caleb McGarry. I think he's a good player. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to pay a lot of money for that position, I would pay Orlando Brown. Yeah, he's a better player. It, it just, he just is. He just is. Um, uh, but that's a good question. Uh, you know, something to keep an eye on. I, I don't think they would. I, think, I mean, I think you'd even gamble with letting him – hit the free agent market and, and bring him back that way because you could probably still get him for less than $16 million, don't you think? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I, I think – look, I don't think you want to tag him, right? I, I think you could say, look, we're not going to tag you, but, but we want you 
we want to negotiate with you mm-hmm. uh, on a on a fair contract for both of us. Just because they have the money now doesn't mean they need to start going to throwing it around just to spend it. Yeah, and they've said they're not going to do that. Right. And and I think, and again, like Josh Kindle, who was on with us in the last segment, said, you know, we don't know the terms just yet for the Lorenzo Carter deal. But to me, the, the fact that they brought him back tells me they're not going to go on some crazy spending spree to where, you know, it's all chips to the middle of the table. And if you don't win a Super Bowl in the next few years, you're in big trouble. No, I don't see that happening. I think they're building long for a long-term success. Yeah, I hope so, man. I, uh, you know, Terry Fontenot, this will be his third draft. Uh, Arthur Smith, uh, I mean, you can't say he hasn't overachieved as a head coach, but now is when it really gets tough, right? Now is when the rubber hits the road. Now is when you, you have to make decisions in free agency. You know, you can't just say, well – the expectations are low because you know they got eighty million dollars in dead cap. You can't say that anymore. Right. Um, this there there's should be an expectation on this team now to at the very least make the playoffs, and I think that expectation is going to be there. And so now's when we can really start to judge Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot in terms of the general manager and the head coach. Now, and I'll and I'll say this for Arthur Smith too, even though he can be you know Captain Grumpy Pants. He has coached this team the last two years trying to win the NFC South and trying to make the playoffs and making no excuses about the, the, the situation the roster and was in. And they've been close. And I, I, and, uh, I can appreciate that. Right. Um, it, it was frustrating to hear them talk about this team as if it wasn't a rebuild. And, you know, he'd get kind of – you know, he'd get his dander up a little bit if you kind of phrased the question in the rebuild form. But in his mind, he didn't care about that. They were going to go to the playoffs with Marcus Mariota as a quarterback. So I, I mean, that's the right approach. He's not trying to lose football no, games. No, he's not. That I mean, it's his job is to win games, and he—that's what he was trying to do. So I'm okay with that. Um, you just, you know, you just wish he wasn't such a immature, so immature about it. He doesn't handle losing very no, well. No, he doesn't. Which he doesn't isn't handle the, criticism very well. And, either. Well, that, and that's the thing. That's the thing. And you know. Now the the pressure starts to build a little bit because I think well, some there's expectations. Well, yeah, I think some of the people in the room asking the questions were kind of like, okay, yeah, you're not in a rebuild. Okay, well, yeah, 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 you are in a rebuild. But they're not going to think that way anymore. Now, if you go seven and ten, it's like, well, what's wrong? Right. Why didn't you win this game? Well, like Josh said, they need this needs to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't talk like that before. The last two years, nobody expected them to be in the playoffs. The last two years, but now, yeah, we need to start seeing some progress. Yeah, I think we will. I, I think we'll start to see that progress this year. I'm optimistic. I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic. It's still the Falcons. I mean, they could still draft Bijan Robinson with the eighth pick. <laughs> you know, they could still trade up for Anthony Richardson. Like, I got to get through this offseason to make sure they don't step on any landmines, and then I can get really excited. Right. I uh, yeah. I mean, look. It's hard to trust the Falcons. It's hard. They tried to go get Deshaun Watson last well, year. See, and that's the thing. I, you know, I don't think it's hard to trust Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith. It's hard to trust Arthur Blank. It is. I mean, that, exactly. it, I mean, it's like you see the plan. You see the vision. You see what they're building. You see what they're working towards. But there's one guy that can walk in the room and just throw all of that off. And you know what? It's his team. He owns the team. It's not your team. Yeah, it's his team. It, I mean, I, it drives me nuts, but it's right. his team. He, he pays everybody's paycheck. And yeah. He owns the stadium. And, yep, and, and he can do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, it's kind of funny the, the the conversations you have with your kids. 
you know, he I, I can't remember. It's something about we drove past like a lottery billboard or something. He was like, I would buy a sports team. And I was like, I couldn't do that. And he was like, why not? You love sports. You wouldn't buy a sports team? And I was like, no, I'd get in the way. I would too. And he goes, no, Dad, to be a good owner, you stay out of the way. And I'm like, dude, I couldn't do that. Yeah. I wouldn't be – like if I owned the Atlanta Falcons, I would do the same thing. So it's frustrating as a fan sometimes, but I try to be – you know, that whole put yourself in somebody else's shoes, which his cost a lot more than mine do. But I would probably – now I wouldn't have gone for Deshaun Watson, but I guarantee you there would be a player in this draft that I'd be like, you got to go get that guy. Right. You got to go get it. Make and, it happen. And you know, look for all of his off the field stuff. I mean, Robert Kraft is kind of the is kind of the guy for the model, mm-hmm. right? Give the ball, give the job to the football people, and stay the hell out yeah. of the way. Well, and and I would say I would say the Eagles ownership too. The, the Eagle, right? You, I mean, no they doubt. probably got the best. G- Harry Roseman's probably the best GM in the NFL right now. Yep, no doubt. And they just let them work, let them work, and you hire them for a reason, right? Yeah, let them do the job. That's it. But it would be, but but I could, you know, it's there, there's those, there's a those, fandom, there's a right. tug there, and those people have had success. There's a reason they have that yeah. much money to buy, be able to buy a team. I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I would be willing to guess that he loves the football team more than he loved hammers. <laughs> Just saying, we got that'll do it for today. Appreciate you listening. Thanks to Josh Kendall for jumping in here with us for Daniel. I'm Russ. We'll do it again tomorrow. Y'all have a good one.